Let's talk shop. Run Matters, Retail Matters. Welcome to the Retail Matters edition of the Run Matters podcast presented by Sketchers Performance. I'm Mark Sullivan, and I'm joined by my friend and co-host, Neil Schwartz. This week's guest is Ken Sung of Gazelle Sports. Ken, welcome to the show. Great to be here, although we're not in San Diego when we originally scheduled this little podcast, but this will do. That's true. I forgot about that. The uh, The loyal listeners of Run Matters know that we uh, we were indeed supposed to launch this at the Carlsbad 5000, but uh, we'll get there eventually. So, um, Ken, tell us a little bit about uh, the history of Gazelle Sports and how you got involved in the running business. Uh, give us your background. All right. So, my background begins back in probably 1982. So I, you can kind of do the math there. It's been a few years. Uh, started working, I was going to school at Michigan State and was walking by uh, Playmakers at the time. Kurt Munson and I had uh, worked together on a, a little five, 10K event. We had 10Ks back then. There were no 5Ks. And uh, we had worked on a 10K event on campus uh, that previous year. And I was heading back from classes and Kurt in his infamous uh, way of doing things was setting up for a sidewalk sale. And he was asking me what I was doing. And I said, well, I'm heading home to call it a day. So he recruited me and started helping me, helping him set up for his sidewalk sale. And that's kind of how my career started. So for those people who don't know, Kurt Munson is a legend in the running business. I guess one of the founders of Playmakers uh, Sports in uh, Okimos, Michigan, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. But Kurt has like a true pioneer in running, helped bring in uh, new brands and new concepts, was a pioneer in good form running. So uh, saying you studied uh, or apprenticed under Kurt Munson is like saying you apprenticed under Obi-Wan Kenobi, right? I mean, he is truly the uh, the Jedi master of running. Yes. So that's kind of how my career started and then uh, quickly became uh, very integrated in the uh, growth of playmakers back in the 80s. And b- Back until uh, 1987, I accepted the position for a, a little brand based out of San Luis Obispo, California, known as Hind, and uh, basically worked there for about two and a half years. And I had known uh, Chris and Bruce from Playmaker or from Gazelle Sports when it was formed back in December of 1985, and they had started the store uh, in Kalamazoo and formally asked me if I'd be willing to help them open a store in Grand Rapids back in 1988. So uh, kind of packed up from California back in 1988 and uh, opened the Grand Rapids store here in April of that year, or 1989, I'm sorry, getting the years mixed up now. And uh, that's kind of how my career started from there. We went from a a 2,500 square foot store in 1989 and increased the space to 5,000 square feet in 1994 and 99, we went to uh, our current location, which is at 10,000 square feet. So we've expanded from there. Ken, how many stores do you have? Is it just that one store or do you have multiple stores? Gazelle Sports uh, is comprised of five stores. We have three stores on the west side of the state, Kalamazoo, Grand Rapids, and Holland. 
And we have our Eastern stores in the Detroit market in Northville, as well as in Birmingham. So your stores are not your typical run specialty store. You carry some, I think last time I was in your store, you had some soccer stuff. You have a ton of outdoor stuff. And also, I was telling Neil before we started today, your stores are aesthetically some of the best looking run stores I've been in. Is that, can you talk about that? And is the whole aesthetics design thing, is that a a conscious decision on your part? Yeah, we, uh, because of my background when I was working at Hind, decided that apparel was going to be an important part of our business and part of our strategy moving forward back back in the 90s. So um, as that evolved, and again, as we were very fortunate in being in, a, in, in the climate that we were in, where sales were growing at, at such a high rate, um, apparel become, became a bigger part of our business and still remains a, a pretty large percentage of our business. And we ended up diversifying into some other categories, outdoor, Patagonia, brands like that, that, um, that kind of come into alignment of, of lifestyle and fitness. Ken, I was on your website recently, and I know the pandemic has created, you know, an awful lot of unique situations. Some call it challenges and some call it opportunities. One of the things I noticed is that you offer something called personal shopping. Can you explain what that is and how you're using that? Yeah, we're actually offering a, uh, as part of our gift uh, card package, a, a personal shopper that would align to an individual we would get some information based upon that the person, the person, let's say we were gifting it to Mark, find out a little bit about, about Mark, his goals, you know, what's he into, things like that, and then we would either we can either do it virtually or in store, uh, have a one-on-one uh, consult to to, pre- to 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 offer product and, and utilize that gift card. Yeah, so that again is uh, for a run specialty store is a very sophisticated approach. It's almost like what the uh, old line department stores, Neiman Marcus or B Altman or, you know, people like that uh, offer in terms of personal shopping. Yeah. We, we know that, you know, 20% of our customers represent 80% of our sales. If you play around with the, those statistics and those are the key people that we want to make sure have the, the highest engagement with our, with our business. Keeping along with uh, being on your website, I also noticed that you use an awful lot of video on your website. In fact, the thing that kind of popped out at me was, you know, running through the Michigan winter. Uh, We were talking with Amanda Brooks on episode three, and she talked about, you know, running in the winter presents some unique challenges. Coincidentally, I was looking at one of my news feeds today, and there was an article in Vogue um, about, you know, running during the winter and some of the things you could be wearing and should be wearing and all that. How is your use of video um, evolve for Gazelle Sports? Well, we've, we found that being static with just pictures doesn't really represent who we are. And we started actually having uh, a lot of success with our, uh, a couple of years ago, we started doing videos around track spikes and helping educate kids and parents about track spikes and the differences there. And we got a, a, a huge following around that. And it just became a natural progression for us to to try and engage uh, with video, because again, it is a lot, a little more interactive, a little more. People just don't don't want to read as much anymore. They want to have both the visual as well as the understanding of what what a product or what we can do for them. You know, keeping again with the website theme, I notice you do a lot of fun runs, and clearly 2020, you know, has been a year that's been a bit challenged. Uh, you know, when it comes to getting together for fun runs and 
you know, a- anything like that. What have you been doing in order to kind of replace that or supplement that particular part of your business? You're, you're spot on there, Neil, because it definitely has been a roller coaster right now. Roller coaster ride. We are definitely shut off right now because of uh, state restrictions. So what we did do was uh, offer kind of a a sign up where where we would allow uh, people to kind of sign in to a run, and then we would track them. But then we would also uh, make sure that they were socially distant and you know kept them in engaged in just a, a a much different way than than we would normally would if we didn't experience this pandemic. So that's something I wanted to talk to you about is is sort of community engagement, which again, I've been in your stores and uh, as Neil pointed out, fun runs, in-store events, you guys do such a great job with that. How have you been able to kind of keep your community together and keep them engaged when you can't necessarily do a lot of the things that you do under normal circumstances? Well, we end up continuing our, our training programs. We had to do it virtually. Um, you know, we, we, we put on a, a pretty large event called Gazelle Girl event, uh, half marathon, and then we've added a 10K and a 5K to it. So we had obviously just like everybody else had to go virtual with that event. Um, but we did have training programs and things like that already set up. So we ended up doing a lot of that virtually. We were already communicating with most of the participants uh, who engage in our training programs via email and, and you know, other, other methods outside of just physically. But again, this just forced the it changed in uh, our our strategy quite a bit. You know, speaking of change, my wife and I were actually in a store yesterday, which is kind of a rare occurrence. And I turned to my wife and I said, you know, do you think that you know once you know we get to a certain spot with the vaccines that that people will retain some of the things that we've done during the pandemic? Will people you know continue to wash their hands more thoroughly? Will people will stores make a special effort to keep things really clean, neat, and sanitary? Ken, what's your feeling on that going forward? Um, in terms of how you're going to be operating? I mean, I think this has definitely made us more aware of opportunities. And and I'm a firm believer that we, we have to create the best environment that people can feel most comfortable with. And so by taking the initiatives ourselves, we definitely can, can encourage people that we are a, a safe place to, to come to. I don't think it's going to change. Uh, I think we are going to continue to, to, to put in place the precautionary measures that we have uh, have placed with both our staff as being number one, as well as our, our customers that come into our stores. So that covers the safety aspect. What about things like uh, virtual shopping, virtual fitting? Uh, I imagine just like a lot of other stores, your, your online business has really grown over the last six months. Do you think those behaviors by consumers will stay and, and as tools in your business bag? Do you think those things will remain? I think that uh, it's a good question because the crystal ball isn't quite clear. We didn't really predict this at all either. So, um, but we 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 have actually been engaged in our online business for the last fifteen years already. So we were probably more poised than most to accommodate for the changing c- consumer environment. Um, online is definitely going to be something that we're going to continue to be investing in. Um, I think that it has an opportunity not only to to engage with this new consumer base that we're starting to see being more active, but then also help encourage our current customers to feel comfortable in supporting us. I want to talk to you about some of your other entrepreneurial interests. I know that uh, we spoke yesterday and you own a restaurant, and then you told Mark and I that you've opened up a bagel store. Give us the lowdown on that. 
Well, probably not the best idea to open up a a new business in in the middle of a pandemic, <laughs> but it was something that uh, we had I had slated with my chef at our restaurant to do at the uh, at the fall of last year, and you know we were planning on trying to open in out of all months April of this year, and things just kind of came to a grinding halt pretty quickly uh, when we started seeing uh, some of the pandemic, and then we shut down on March seventeenth. So we basically put everything on ice until uh, June. And um, the concept being not just a bagel shop, but the concept being similar to what we do in the restaurant, which is a farm to table, create everything in, in, in the facility, uh, rest, uh, bagel restaurant. So um, we started getting going again in, in July and opened in September to a, quite, the, uh, quite the opening. Actually, we sold out for the first two weeks not just in bagels, because we're more than just a bagel store. We're, you know, we're doing a lot of sandwiches. Everything we do uh, is made on premises. All of our schmears, uh, we, we uh, do our own uh, locks as well as our own, um, do our own pastrami as well. So Neil, we're, we're excited to have you come out and test us. Wow, that was a good use of the word schmear. I, you just threw me a little bit for Very a, impressive. A Very impressive. Sounds, sounds, you sound like a New Yorker when you say that. <laughs> oh, yeah, and then you then, then you transferred right over to the whole locks thing. So you really, uh, you know, very well done, Ken. Uh, I have to, you know, got to give credit. You know, but you talked about the bagel restaurant, and then you also talked about your main restaurant, which is Farm to Table. And, and you know... There are probably a lot of similarities between people that choose, you know, a healthier or a cleaner um, nutritional lifestyle and those people that run. Have you been able to kind of cross market or cross promote the two businesses between one another yet? I've been pretty careful about not trying to cross pollinate too much, but I think the philosophies that we have with all the businesses that I'm involved with make sense because they all about supporting the community as well as encouraging a better lifestyle. So as a business owner, what are your similarities uh, in business philosophies between the store and the restaurant? Because really you're both in the hospitality business, you're both in the customer retention business. And uh, talk to us about that. Well, I think the biggest thing that I've learned from Gazelle as well as watching other of our brands um, that we partner with is it's really about brand building and creating great experience. And once you build, it takes a while to build trust. And trust is something that, again, is something that a brand can do, not just, and it's not a transaction. So one of the things that I've really focused in on, especially when the restaurant first opened, was really kind of being true to what we wanted to do, which was support the community, be very authentic, and really create an experience that is different than what is normally expected in a restaurant. Same thing can be held true in Gazelle. I mean, Mark, you spoke to it earlier. I mean, we are, we've kind of expanded a little bit beyond just what run is, but, but to, just to test. And, and again, I've always been a firm believer that the consumer will decide whether they want to support you or not with their dollars. If they're, if they're cheering for you, they're going to support you. And that's where the philosophies of, the, of all the businesses really make the most sense or are combined together. Let me ask you about 2021. You know, are you thinking about 2021, some things that you're going to do differently that you may have learned during 2020? What's on the plan for 2021? Absolutely. I, I'm looking at COVID, and I said this to our executive team this week, is I'm almost, I have to embrace COVID because it's really allowing us to look at things differently. And it gives us the opportunity to change. 
And I think we are all a, a creature of habit and, and change is really hard for everybody. But this has forced us to really take a look at within ourselves of what is possible and how we want to look at our business. What, what do we want? How do we want to come out of this in the next three to five years? And that a lot of that has to happen in 2021. And it's not just process. It's you know, how, as to to your uh, comment earlier, Neil, what's the experience going to look like? You know, what are, what are the expectations that we feel like our consumers are going to have of us, whether it's cleanliness, whether it's, you know, wh- how we how we engage with them? Um, all those things have to be looked at. And I definitely am, am actually more encouraged about what we can come out of COVID with than, than being depressed about where we've been. It's a, it's a leaping, it's a stepping stone to the future. So speaking of your executive team, uh, you made some news recently. You hired, uh, you put a young woman in as CEO. We're excited because uh, Gene, Chris, and I, who are the, what we call the the founders or the the, the main people are, are, are wanting to hand off uh, the future of Gazelle to the, the next generation. So we've, we've put uh, Jen, who is Gene's daughter, in the position as being our CEO. And we have a, a strong uh, group around her the, of, of what we call the next generation who are going to basically take over and have started to take over the daily operations of our, of our business. So that way you'll be able to concentrate on bagels where, where the money really is in the future. <laughs> <laughs> well, it definitely, uh, I think it's just, we want to make sure that the, the business lives beyond where the three of us have, have started the, the company and allowing this new group to, to, to take this position really has been COVID has put them in a lot of pressure which has been really good because I think it tests them and how they are going to be able to work together in a very stressful situation. And I think they're going to come out and the company's going to come out much stronger because of this. Do you have plans to open up any more stores that you think in 2021 or 2022? I would probably say we're going to hesitate and take a breath and really focus in on uh, the businesses that we already are currently operating. Um, each each store is kind of its own little entity and has its own challenges, but also has its own opportunities and really want to micro, take a look at those re, re, much closer. You know, as this is episode four, we've interviewed three other uh, running store, especially running store entrepreneurs. And, you know, the one thing that I have gotten from all of those interviews has been that, you know, they've really used a lot of creativity and, and trying to really understand, you know, what are those things that we need to do in order to survive? And, you know, there's been a lot of engagement on, um, you know, taking Omnichannel to the next level by using, you know, buy online, pick up in store, curbside pickup, even delivery. Uh, Justin Craig down at Run Detroit um, talked to us a little bit of, to us about how they're doing deliveries. You know, are there any particular, let's say, aspects of e-commerce that you think are really going to, you know, remain a big part of the future for Gazelle? E-commerce is definitely going to be uh, is part of our long-term strategic plan and probably has uh, the most opportunity for growth as we kind of rebuild retail. Um, I think the, the biggest thing that we want to do is really build the trust, just like we do with our, our, our brand already has a, a fair amount of trust. But it's it's broadening that to a to an audience that we can't engage with, you know, as they walk in our store. So right. the 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 website has to be very engaging and very welcoming and understanding who we are in the community and what we represent. So you're talking about the website being more of a direct extension 
of the traditional brick and mortar versus let's say having its own identity then absolutely yeah they have to be they have to as one because that is also i look at our website as kind of the windows that we don't necessarily have in our in each of our stores open all the time either so it is it, it needs to represent who we are in 2021 from a business standpoint you know when we kind of get the uh the green light or the all clear we hit that you know magic number whatever the cdc decides it is and we're able to kind of start participating in events and we're starting, you know, we, we can, you know, not be as socially distant. What's the first thing Ken Sung's going to do, uh, you know, once we get the green light? <laughs> I don't know if it's a green light. I, I think, Neil, I honestly think it's going to take some time for people just to kind of get back into habits. And I think that it's going to take some time for all of us to kind of feel that there isn't, I don't think it's just going to happen in a day and all of a sudden we're going to get back to normal or what, what, what is normal? It's going to be a new normal. Um, I think one of the things that we definitely want to continue to, to focus in on is our, the, the guest experience as well as, you know, what, what can we do that represents who we want to be and how we want to engage in our communities? Because there is a whole new community that's active now that we haven't necessarily engaged with and we're learning more and more uh, we we just did a a very large um, customer survey to our to our base and have learned a lot about you know some of the not only the people that are existing in our in our base but then what are they looking for that's different that we haven't really thought about so I look at this as an opportunity for us to think about not just the runners that we currently have but the people that are active who who haven't. Been, been part of our, our our environment. Ken, as a data and insight guy, I have to ask, since you mentioned you did a survey, what's the one mm -hmm. thing that you learned out of this customer survey? I'm not asking you to reveal any business secrets, but <laughs> what's the one thing that you learned that you really didn't know? I think there's, I, I think that the one thing that I feel like we've learned is um, it's not a bad thing to tie in with brands that are well known. Um, a lot of the new consumers out there are no running. They may know who we are, but they also associate with uh, us with bigger brands that are having success, let's say, in uh, more general sporting goods places. And I think there's a tendency of especially stores kind of maybe necessarily running away from those brands. But yet you got to remember that those are the consumer. Those consumers know those brands and they trust those brands. And I think that's part of the, the trust mechanism that we both have to we need to work with those brands to help build the trust with these new consumers. Ken, what do you think the future holds for the specialty running business in general? Here's your chance to to kind of just, you know, give us the the global view from Ken Sung. I think the the positives of the channel are, are continue to be to, to be uh, available to us if we want to just take a step back and just stay focused on who we want to be and what we want to be in our communities. And, you know, I've, one of the things that I've, uh, I feel like uh, I, I've been talking to our, 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 our executive team about is there's a tendency of, I think the channel being so product focused and it's really not about being product focused. It's really being about experience, creating the great experience within our, whatever the door, whether it's your, your, your brick and mortar or your e-commerce uh, platform is. But then also building the trust with our with our communities um, is probably what we need to focus in on. And we get so 
I think there's a tendency of us just being very focused on what the brands are doing or, you know, what product's going well. And it, at the end of the day, the consumer doesn't really know that. They know who we are. And I think that's the one takeaway that I feel like we need to continue to, to focus in on if this channel wants to remain successful moving forward. You know, one of the things that I'm seeing, as you know, I, I'm a data and I follow a lot of the retail trends. And one of the things that we're seeing during the holidays are the shop small movement does seem to be taking hold um, to a much larger extent this holiday season. Now, part of that reason is because in some cases in a smaller store environment, you can get in, get what you want, get out, and there's not a lot of people around. So there are some, let's say, physical attributes that the smaller retailers have been able to, you know, really been able to meet. So, you know, hopefully we're seeing a, some real positive movement in the shop small movement and run specialty fits in right there. I think, I think the key is we just have to be able to, figure out how to engage with this new, this consumer base that isn't familiar with us. Um, and again, it's, it's really kind of thinking differently because that consumer doesn't, isn't necessarily trying to train for a half marathon or a marathon or things like that. We, we've got to kind of, I don't want to use, I hate to use the word dumb ourselves down, but we just have to be more inviting to a wider audience. Well, I think that's always been sort of the knock on run specialty that uh, un unless you walked in there and you were skinny and looked like you could run a sub three marathon, the staff wanted nothing to do with you. And I think the industry as a whole has made tons of progress in that regard. Agreed. Ken, we want to uh, thank you very much for coming on the Run Matters podcast today. Uh, really enjoyed the conversation. I know Mark and I hold a lot of the things that you're doing in very high regard. So again, want to thank you for coming on the Run Matters podcast. Thank you for inviting me. I look forward to uh, maybe one down the, down the road again. Maybe we can come out and do one live uh, in uh, at Gazelle in uh, Grand Rapids. That'd be great. Ken, here's my New Year's resolution. See you in Carlsbad. Okay. <laughs> here's mine. Send me a dozen bagels. You know, send me an address, Neil. <laughs> Thanks, Ken. All right, thank you. Thanks for listening to the Run Matters Podcast. Brought to you by Skechers Performance. Go like never before.